We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rotoviz listeners, March has arrived. We're only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that big tournament. And make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to bet on their $100,000 Bracket Madness competition. It starts March 15th. And remember, the NBA, the XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, betonline.ag is the place for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's BetOnline, your online sports experts. Code BLUEWIRE. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, presented to you by BetOnline.ag and on Talkit. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel uh, of Rotoviz.com. Sean, we are a couple of weeks away from the combine. We're going to start getting uh, you know closer to the draft. Obviously, <laughs> is the the regular process when time moves forward and you get closer to an event that's in the future but the the pro days and everything are coming up here as well uh, and as we've done in the last couple of shows we'll be talking uh, about these rookies on, on the shows obviously coming up towards the draft and as we get ahead to the season today we will be talking about some veterans as well at the wide receiver position that are interesting trade candidates it, it's uh, th- there's fun stories coming out obviously with free agency so close as well um you know keeping on top of everything there's some interesting kind of rumors and that coming out um it's going to be fun as we as we get and i always like that that first day of free agency um excited for some of the changes this year i think more so this cha- year because of uh, you know the quarterback position and the things that you know the dominoes that could fall after that um you expecting some fireworks come the start of free agency I am. And like you said, uh, this year, the quarterback situation, there are so many different potential changes. And uh, it's interesting from a reality perspective. It's certainly interesting from a fantasy perspective. Interesting to see how that will have a cascade effect on some of the receivers involved. If you're going to have a veteran quarterback or you're going to have a rookie quarterback, certainly in Superflex drafts right now, uh, I'm involved in both startups, you know, orphan dispersal drafts. We're going to have rookie drafts on the way and if you're involved in drafts or trades right now in Superflex, then trying to figure out the value of those quarterbacks in the 20 to 35 maybe even 40 range is very tricky because we're not sure 
you know, if Philip Rivers is going to end up somewhere we want, uh, Tom Brady probably is obviously going to start somewhere, but will that have an effect on Derek Carr? Uh, could Andy Dalton swing into a role, even though right now it doesn't look good for him? And based on the importance of those players in Superflex, even for one league, for one year, right? If you're trying to bridge from 2020 to 2021, maybe you've got some younger guys who are going to be productive. Maybe you've been stashing some Debbie. Uh, quarterbacks but you you need to get through this season Uh, the difference in value that we could see from those quarterbacks obviously is very significant yeah and i I mentioned obviously the quarterbacks as well like if you it's just a strange year like obviously this time last year Tannehill, ryan Tannehill wouldn't have been somebody who's going to be talked about in those circles but depending on what happens with you know maybe if we do see tom brady end up in tennessee what happens with ryan Tannehill, Dak prescott and the contract situation with the cowboys Uh, there's just so much going on and there's a lot of kind of uh you know then as I mentioned a moment ago, I guess the best way is the dominoes fall and kind of cliche is there's just going to be so many players in that follow on from that and what happens. And there's a lot of these players might end up uh, on certain teams getting franchise tagged, but there's just a lot of kind of uh, skill position players um, and the quarterback position um, involved over the next week. So when we get to next week's show, you know, there'll be a lot of the dynamic has changed and um, it's just it's just a fun time. Uh, to, to make those uh, you know conversations happen so looking forward to those shows next week as we kind of start to recap what has happened in free agency and again that'll change where some of these uh, draft prospects will fall based on the investment teams put in these free agents and uh, over the next week or so obviously free agency starting 16th of march which is uh uh, monday of next week but uh, lots of time that we'll have to discuss that um coming up on coming shows but I want to mention, Sean, on today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, dynasty trade targets that are, are up on the website. I want to also talk about the, the rookie uh, guide that's up with the Dynasty Command Center. And, uh, of course, the Dynasty Command Center uh, rookie guide available on rotaviz.com. And we mentioned this on every show. If you haven't signed up already, I still don't know what the, the listeners are waiting for. If you haven't signed up, you can get that 10% loyal discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass right now through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, the amazing articles, uh, all the, all that great content that's up there for the draft and for free agency and everything else that's going on at the moment um, and help support the podcast network. Once again, 10% off at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So Sean, we're jumping in. The first thing on today's agenda is the Dynasty Trade Targets. Uh, it's Curtis Patrick um, who has had, uh, you know, I, I know people talk about like, the fantasy community and the work that goes out. I, I think Curtis is definitely, you know, top at the top of that list. Uh, each and everything he comes out, I make sure that I read it um, because there's always something in there that you're going to find very, very useful. He talks about some of the, the candidates at the wide receiver edition. He did do one maybe three or four weeks ago that we talked on in the show. This is the second edition that he's done off it, and there's three wide receivers in this. One is Jarvis Landry. Uh, next up then is Tyreek Hill, who... Maybe people wouldn't think that he would be in there as a as a candidate um, at this time, um, but it, it's just it's it's an interesting one. But Sean, out of those two guys that I mentioned there, trade target one and trade target two, have you a preference over those? I, I know I've mentioned on the show before my fear of uh, you know having those guys with potential off the field issues. So you know Tyreek Hill uh, worries me a little bit, but the explosive nature of his of his playmaking ability as uh, somebody you know who who can do no wrong when he's on your fantasy roster, but what what's your thoughts there do you think i i really wasn't sure that he would be somebody who would be acquirable do you think tyreek is is acquirable maybe that off the field uh, kind of baggage makes him a little bit cheaper than than he would be 
I, I don't know that he is in that the person who owns him in your league is probably not one of those guys who is particularly scared of that. Certainly there was this window for uh, risk takers and true believers to pick him up last year uh, during the issues that were well-documented that he went through. And, uh, you know, Curtis talks about how he and TJ, obviously another fantastic guy uh, in the, the dynasty community, uh, they both have him, you know, in their their top five guys. And if you're looking at him in that range, then clearly it's going to be very, very difficult to get him. One of the things that Curtis points out is that uh, he still has some years to go potentially where you'd be able to get the money back if you trade for him now and then are going to try and sell later. He also talks about how, um, you know, you could potentially get him with two first round picks now the the poll that he has and I, I love these polls it's always exciting to see you know what people would do how people are going to vote on this he talks about the 102 and the 202 that that was a two to one favor for Tyreek Hill in terms of what people would rather have and then if you go to 102 and 112 then it becomes almost a 50 50 and you know he discusses how there's really not that much of a difference between the 112 and the 202 and so certainly i think this hints at something that people should be trying to do in their leagues which is to acquire second round picks from teams that maybe are a little bit weaker now we don't know how leagues are going to go out one of the things that i always think is interesting is you you look and you hear people project for the upcoming season and i think that uh, it's always something where people are overconfident that what happened last year is going to happen again they're not confident enough that those players who maybe are right on the verge are going to make a jump they're not worried enough that those players who are at their peak are going to fall and so you know when you're looking at a team to target uh, to get their second round pick then you want to make sure it's a team that really is uh, sort of devoid of players who might make the jump or really just are pretty far away or an owner who just clearly is not trying to compete who might actually sell off some assets uh, to get a little bit weaker so that their first round pick would have more value now again in those situations it might be difficult to get the second round pick from that kind of a team but that's what you're looking to do now getting back to this question of hill or these two rookies i think i might actually go on the rookie side here we talk a lot and i've seen both in startups and orphan dispersal situations that receivers who are in this uh 25 26 27 age range are still quite a bit cheaper than those receivers in the 21 22 23 range if they're comparable players now one of the tricky things right now in dynasty is that we really have a little bit of a void in those receivers who maybe are that age and so in a, in a league that i'm currently participating in uh dj moore and aj brown went for massive dollars in auction situation they're going very early in startup so there's a real desire for those kinds of guys now one of the things that we talk about on the show a lot is it's not just this idea of they still have room to grow but you want to be able to play your players and then trade them right so you want to be able to play them from that 22 23 24 25 range and then still have a ton of trade value left 26 27 28 29 age ranges to trade them at theoretically a peak and sort of reload so You've mentioned the concern about 
Hill and the character issues, we have maybe a little bit of a concern in terms of can you play him for a couple years and retrade him? Uh, in terms of these particular trades that Curtis has has offered here, which side would you come down on? I think they're both very um, fair trades. And the thing that you mentioned there that I would agree 100% with is there's really not a huge difference in the 112 and the 202. You know, you're dropping back three places. Um, you know, it's for for the difference in the vote result, it's quite quite astounding. And it does maybe show that there's a little bit of a, a misvalue in those early second round picks versus those late firsts. Um, so it's it's interesting sometimes you know if it's a first round pick and it's a future year um, that can make it you know a little bit hard to gauge how that team finishes up you might think that team's going to be really bad and then they turn out to be pretty good and it ends up being a late pick rather than a first but when you know exactly what that pick is dropping back three spots isn't you know going to do you that much uh, harm um, you know in terms of the overall vote um, I, I do think based on the rookies you mentioned you know the, the possibility of trying to trade him in future if, if Tyreek Hill didn't have those off the field um, concerns and you know the more things go on the less they seem to be you know the reports coming out you know the reports at the time and I don't want to get into the off the field stuff that much but it may not have been um, as you know as the picture was painted at the time um so looking at it uh, for for those i think it's interesting you know with tyreek hill there's not many players who are as explosive as him in the nfl um i think giving up the rookie picks i probably would edge towards getting hill even with my current viewpoint one of the reasons for that is what uh, curtis is in here in terms of the top 24 wide receivers and points per game over the last two seasons Tyreek Hill is number five in that list, uh, averaging 18.4 points per game. The highest in the list, probably not a surprise overall, is Michael Thomas, uh, 21.8 points per game. Um, I think like um, Hill as well, something that people probably think more than than it has happened. He has played some games when he's banged up, but he has missed only four games. I was surprised actually that it was only four games over those two seasons. I thought he tended to, to miss a couple more each year, um, but he's, he's had 516 points over over those 28 games which is is very impressive um you know Devante Adams is a 27 games has slightly more points um based off the touchdowns um but 544 for him uh the the guy that always ends up in these lists Sean and I know he's getting older and I know the dynasty value mightn't be as strong as it once was but Julio Jones pops in there again at at number four at 19.5 points per game over the last two seasons so so consistent uh over the years and then deandre hopkins at 19.6 points per game so kind of who you would expect to be in that list but uh tyreek um you know still i think there's there's definitely value there we've mentioned a few times and curtis mentions it here as well as the development of mccall hardman it's gonna be interesting to see how the how that falls into this offense but we talked about players like uh, Travis Kelsey and like uh, Kettle a few months ago before the Super Bowl we talked about the reason that we would probably well I probably anyway would go for Kelsey and that was based on the offense and knowing the production uh, in terms of the the passing offense is going to be there for the Chiefs versus the 49ers so Hill is certainly intriguing at at that value. Um, he did mention some other trade options. He, you know, it was two two twenty uh, twenty four. Kind of what you mentioned. Uh, one of them being a top five pick, and the other being later. The other one was Keenan Allen plus a twenty twenty uh, mid to late first, and the other one was Chris Godwin plus a twenty twenty second. I would probably uh, do the deal. I think for the Keenan Allen uh, deal, I would rather have the Tyreek side of that. Uh, I'd rather the Tyreek side of the two firsts. I probably would be, you know, I would probably stay with Chris Godwin in the twenty twenty second. Would would you would you do the deal with Godwin in the twenty twenty second for Tyreek, um, or would you? Wh- which way would you sit on that one? Yeah, I think that's a definitely a tough one. I I have Godwin in the very same range 
with Hill. So I think if you can get that second pick, um, then you know that's that's certainly a way to do that. You know, he's got a little bit uh, more variety in his game. Certainly, their quarterback situation is going to to make a difference in terms of how that plays out. I think that if not for the quarterback uncertainty, this would be a pretty much a no brainer for Chris Godwin and picking up another pick. But I think that the both Godwin and certainly Mike Evans, he was another one of those difficult decisions uh, in this auction that I'm currently in. And simply when you get into that age range, then you're looking at any particular fault or any particular down season is going to really hurt the trade value. And it's just so crucial for these dynasty teams to come out being able to retrade all of your guys before you get to the end. So those are some interesting things I think with the Bucks. Certainly uh, Curtis has nailed what the value is here and, and has made some uh, very good suggestions in terms of how to get a very top player because that's obviously how you're going to win there at the wide receiver position. Yeah, the other player you mentioned we'll just run through quickly is uh, a guy, I'm not sure if it was last season or the season before, Sean, we were very high on Jarvis Landry after his move to the Browns and it uh, it didn't work out all that well. It didn't turn out terrible, but the, the first kind of six weeks of that season were, were hard slogging through those uh, rosters. But Jarvis Landry, somebody who surprisingly is still only 27, will turn 28 when it gets to November, so a lot younger than some people may expect. Uh, if we run through his years, um, 2015 with the Dolphins was wide receiver 9, 2016 wide receiver 13 2017 wide receiver 4 this was the year that uh, the move obviously happened was 2018 wide receiver 18 which obviously is still a wide receiver 2 219 points in that season so it's you know disappointing season compared to him his worst career season that's a worst career finish of a wide receiver 18 uh, and then last year wide receiver 12 so even in the down season that the browns had with the expectations we had for that team you know there's there's little doubt that he's had, he's had consistent production over his time in the NFL um you know he may be somebody who's compiling those points based on the receptions but there's no doubt uh, they are putting up points for you on a regular basis the other thing to mention is he is he's never missed a game in the NFL now that could be something that it's not really something that you can project forward uh it, it, it may be a case where he misses all 16 games this year to even things out but he he's somebody Sean who uh even in that down season for the browns last year was still able to be productive from a fantasy perspective uh, is landry somebody at that age 27 and um, that, that intrigues you and is it a little surprising that he still is only 27 with you know those five years uh behind him in the nfl well we get a little bit of a sense here too about how much value there is in these guys that come in really early and some people are uncomfortable with that for a variety of reasons but you want to look at both best case scenario and worst case scenario uh, this is something that Pat Corain, who obviously has been uh, a big part of Rotoviz Radio, has talked about a lot, is that when you're valuing players, one of the things that you want to do is look at the multiple scenarios that could happen in this season and then how they would be valued in the following season. Certainly when you have those guys who come in really young, you know, you're looking at what's the, the best case scenario. And the best case scenario is they become stars and they stay healthy. And then you have an even longer window for a variety of key things. And so with Jarvis Landry, he's put up these amazing numbers throughout the course of his career and yet still has some room uh, to do that again and i think that we're in a very kind of different situation with landry than we are with hill because of the price with hill the price is so significant that i think you want to be leery of paying that with landry you're getting a value every single time i mean his results 
as a fantasy wide receiver are fantastic and you just simply don't have to pay for them now i think the concern that some people have is that landry by himself is probably not going to win your league for you you know, you mentioned those wide receiver finishes but he doesn't have you know a 300 point season he's not going to blow the doors off of the opponents each and every week and so if you're looking for that kind of uh go for broke player he's not that on the other hand uh, if you put him in there with three or four other strong receivers in your wide receiver position your flex position he's going to be part of this wide receiver group that will carry you to a title and so when we look at what he has done in the past what we can look for him to do in the future and what the prices are you know adding him to your team really is a no-brainer one of the other cool things uh, that curtis mentions in the article is that he really took off this last season uh, when kareem hunt was into the offense so this idea that he would lose targets lose value once they really got the receiving back in play you know that didn't turn out to be the way that it worked Uh, in terms of his time in cleveland averaged a little over 13 points a game before hunt was in play averaged over 16 and a half with hunt now there are some other things going on there as well certainly down the stretch of last season was really the first time in his browns experience that he seemed to fit with what they wanted to do and that the coaches understood how to use him and for any player that is vital but he's not a guy that i think you really have to be worried about the other players in the offense and that's something else that gives you uh, this high floor that many owners are looking for and for whatever reason they don't look to landry for it so that gives you just a fantastic value today's show is also brought to you by untuck it ever wonder why traditional button-up shirts look so long and baggy that's because they were never meant to be worn that way thankfully untuck it shirts were specifically designed and to be worn untucked no matter what your size and shape their shirts are perfect untucked length with more than 50 fit combinations. Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untucked for yourself. Visit Untucked.com and use the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for 20% off your first order. They'll even throw in free shipping and returns in all orders in the US. That's Untucked.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. So Sean, next up is the Dynasty Command Center guide uh, for the NFL draft. Um, looking at these prospects, and uh, there's a very interesting piece in it about the the market share uh, and how that affects you know fantasy points basically and production in the NFL. Um, do you want to do you want to have a, a run through it and uh, give the listeners some insight into what they they can be getting um, as as just one one kind of sneak peek into the the guide. Yeah, so the really exciting part, I think, for all of us here at Rotoviz is that we're putting the finishing touches on the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide Volume 2. Uh, that'll be out shortly. The first volume was a big hit. There's going to be more stuff from Blair, more stuff from TJ, more stuff from Travis. Obviously, Curtis will be in there throughout discussing our multiple mock drafts. We have a super flex draft. We have a tight end premium draft. We have the normal draft. And so... Uh, all of that is is very cool for dynasty owners and especially dynasty owners who really get fired up about this rookie prep but the article that i have for volume two focuses on uh, market share and this concept that we've talked a lot in the past about at rotaviz really something that we've been looking at from the beginning you know you have the fantasy douche you have john moore again a, a rotaviz radio icon uh you've got matthew friedman another rotor radio guy so these people looking at 
market share and how it relates to future production in the NFL. And one of the things that we have seen is you have this idea, okay, 30% market share, those players tend to translate to the NFL fairly well. But it's not just 30% uh, in one season or another or the final season, which I think that it's very easy to grab onto. Certainly, if someone goes over 30% in that final season, uh, that's good. It's not necessarily as usual as you might think. We're really looking for people who are coming in around this range for their career. And that's obviously much more difficult. We've talked a lot about breakout age. We've talked about the value in declaring early. And then Kevin Cole had a a cool article, Regression Tree, several years ago, really talking about this significant split that we see at around a 29% career market share i was looking at this for the guide broke it down to the 28.5 rounded up 28.54 rounded down looking at these guys and how in their first couple of seasons they translated to the nfl and sort of breaking it down by round so we have apples to apples and the guys who were above the threshold 349 points in their first two years below 235 so you have more than a 100 point difference and in fact the players from round two who are above the threshold score 261 more points than the players from round one who are below it Uh, we see a similar dynamic in round three similar dynamic when we put rounds four through seven together and so again we want to be very aware of draft position it gives us a lot of different information about uh, what the player is doing from raw stats to perceived talent to tested athleticism. And then certainly the NFL team that drafts a player is telling you how much opportunity they plan to give him early on. But then if we're in our rookie drafts and we're trying to beat draft position alone, this is something to be aware of. And then this is perhaps especially relevant as we look to this particular season because we have some red flag guys, right? We have Justin Jefferson, 26, Jalen Rager, 26, T. Higgins, 23. Obviously, people know Ruggs is way, way below that. The two big names are also below, I think, for a variety of reasons. Maybe we're not as concerned about Liam or Judy. But even them, you have to uh, just be aware of the price. Be aware of how much it's going to cost you and try and get good prices To test this idea that, oh, if they're drafted early enough or, oh, if they're extenuating circumstances, because for these guys, the reason they're going to be drafted so early, despite maybe some red flags, is we have extenuating circumstances, right? They are in these high-powered offenses. They've got great teammates. And so with great teammates, then perhaps you're not going to be able to get that same market share. It's just not realistic. But we look at the top 15 draft picks who didn't reach that threshold and then what they went on to do in the NFL, we've got Michael Crabtree, we've got Corey Coleman, we've got Devontae Parker, we've got Tavon Austin, we've got John Ross, we've got Mike Williams. Those are the guys in the last decade, okay? And certainly there have been individual games where those guys have showed up. Uh, certainly Parker, the real bounce back post-hype massive season this last year. I think people, you know, if you have John Ross on your roster, Mike Williams on your roster, you're not going to be giving those guys away. But in terms of what they did for their original owners, uh, I think you can be pretty disappointed. And then when you look at those specific players, we see, again, this idea of extenuating circumstances, maybe because an offense was so prolific, 
you know, you have the Crabtree and the Corey Coleman examples, maybe because, you know, John Ross with the Henry Ruggs type speed and say, okay, well, he didn't necessarily need to be as good. That speed's going to be uncoverable. Uh, maybe you've got someone like Mike Williams who had elite teammates and you're saying, okay, well, the market share doesn't apply to them. All of these guys have struggled and you can always go back, I think, and look at the specific people and say, okay, well, these were also players who got injured. And so it's, it's difficult to say what they might've done completely healthy. And you certainly hope for all of these guys that they can stay as healthy as possible. Are there any particular players on this list that it makes you a little bit more suspicious of? Is there someone else that you might target as a result? Where are you in terms of your current uh, strategy or your tactics for round one in rookie drafts, looking at this deep receiver class? Yeah, I think uh, something you hit on a little bit later, um, and uh, you know about waiting on some of these players based on you, you touched on there based on the price. I, I think there's going to be inevitably situations where uh, some of these players might actually like you know if if, if the readers of Rotoviz uh, are in your draft leagues, some of these players then might in turn fall. Cert- these players will all certainly have a value at a certain price, but at their current peak where they will be going, I think some of them might be uh, a little bit overvalued and that's something that i think will become even clearer as the weeks come on and we we see you know the results come in off the the pro days and we see then after the draft and the landing spots uh depending on what rounds they do go in but something that's interesting too sean with the the list that you compiled of the kind of comparisons the interesting thing you did mention about injuries so that did affect it in some spots but a lot of the the guys that you've mentioned there were early draft picks who got a chance to succeed um but the reason they succeeded as well was because they were early draft picks and were given multiple opportunities the likes of michael crabtree you know there, there was a number of years and i know he had the achilles injury but there wasn't a huge amount of production uh with his time in san francisco Devontae parker there was kind of no production up until this year that was consistent john ross has had touchdowns but he hasn't had yards you know i was just checking there as you were talking he's had uh, just over 700 yards in his career he's had 10 touchdowns like if you take away even you know four or five of those touchdowns like john ross has really not done a huge amount on the nfl field of note other than being very fast mike williams um there's always just that little glimpse into the, what could happen and what could work for him uh, but it just hasn't all come together on a consistent basis for him again he's had the touchdowns um you know but out to that it's, it's not been a consistent run and Corey coleman we know uh was a complete uh, bust in all the positions all the teams that he landed with uh tavon austin um obviously has been you know a, a huge underachiever based on where he went with the the rams in that draft so it's just it, it's like the everything there's going to be more of these players who fail to succeed at an elite level in the nfl than do succeed but it's just to, to always have that cautious uh, approach like that's why when i talk about like uh, tr- the trade i talked about a couple of weeks ago trading away my first you know to get somebody like terry mcclaren or trading away uh, i talked about today on the show about the first trading away to, to get those players like a landry or to get you know uh, even a Tyree kill um the reason i would be trading those away is you see those guys and they, they could fall off a cliff as well in the nfl but those guys have shown production at the nfl level whereas with these players you know you're going you're to have 12 first round picks in your dynasty league you know realistically if six of those are uh, you know consistent fantasy players over the next three years um that would be a kind of a high hit rate um so i, I would be saying that sometimes using those picks now at this point when the hype is at its highest for these prospects might be a good way to to get some uh, not even like veterans in terms of four or five years in the league even two or three years where that breakout is continuing but we have seen them have success so that would be where i would be kind of leaning but um there is there's there's kind of 
I think a lot of people are clicking into it now. But there's there's some red flags at the moment around rugs, um, based on on what he what he has done. But we'll see what happens with the rest of them moving forward. But uh, that's just a, a, a tease by Sean, kind of behind the curtain. Make sure you're si- signed up for the the second edition of the guide, which will be coming out very shortly. And uh, make sure you don't miss out on that. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. It was brought to you by BetOnline.ag and on Tucket. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined by Sean Siegel of Rotoviz.com. Um, we will have another show later in the week coming out uh, late Thursday, early Friday. So do do subscribe to make sure that you get that as soon as possible. And until we're back with the next one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.